Starting up now, recording. How are you going, brother? So good to see you. Uh, uh, it's going it's better. Cool. Bro broke my foot. That's all. Yeah, I heard that. That's <laughs> not much tracking for you. You're gonna have to do yeah. it all on the inside. <laughs> well, at yeah. least we'll yarn through. We'll tell some stories. So Perfect. we've got uh, Michelle Gruber. 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 All right. Oh, so that's what I was calling you, Gruber, because of Hans Gruber from. Uh, die, die hard, yeah. <laughs> uh, so uh, you were on the very first episode um, of my podcast, you and Rune. Ah, <laughs> yeah. Which I was, remember that. Yeah, it's good. It's good one. Yeah, I wanted to uh, take a deeper dive with you. Uh, so Michelle is Frisian Indigenous from Netherlands, and um, you know I have no hesitancy in in saying that. You know we've we've had quite a few yarns together. And just, um, I mean, his uh, his land-based knowledge and cultural knowledge, and and um, you know, big uh, oh, project of resurgence and reclamation, um, you know, of of place and place-based culture, um, you know, language, everything is just um, just outstanding. I just uh, think it's second to none. And yeah, I wanted to talk some more. Uh, with you, yeah. you know, uh, I know the last uh, our last communication we started talking about tracking, and yes, um, exactly. you know, it sounded like you you've got a very similar kind of worldview around tracking than to what we'd find here. Yeah. So, Michelle, you're you're a you know you're a scholar in this in this area, you know, but at the same time you're not a, a dusty academic. You're um, and you're not just out in the field. You you live, <laughs> you live the life. <laughs> They're your dogs now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's part of, part of the culture, huh? <laughs> <laughs> That's it. <laughs> Definitely it's part of the culture, like horses and dogs, they're both there in it. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, now I, I, I agree with you. I mean, uh, I'm, uh, I always say I'm Frisian section background, huh? that's what I always say because of the, the land uh, based knowledge that comes from there. Um, yeah, and tracking is something that I started doing when I was actually a kid. I think it was uh my father pointed out the first tracks of deer for me and other animals and from there on it it, it just took off and i had an old uh, gamekeeper who taught me a few things of the old ways uh, and then I, I i just found out things like for example that uh, in the netherlands we had a we had a tracking tradition actually mm. which was old uh and that went, went back and until uh, a few hundred years back actually where people were employed to uh, track uh, animals uh, that were lost, like dogs, oh, sorry, like uh, horses, uh, uh, cattle, um, but also people 
And at the same time, one of the specialists were people who are uh, involved in tracking deer for uh, the hunting of the nobility. Mm. And they, they, they had like 72 different markings on these tracks. Uh, so what I started to do then was looking, uh, looking if I could see that knowledge. So I found an old book there, uh, which described those tracks. And then I went out in the field and tried to identify these tracks. But I found out was by now I, I can actually 64 of them I can find, which are also relevant. Um, and the other ones are less, but from that it, it expanded. And then mm. tracking started to become much more than that. Tracking is for me, yeah, if, well, that, if you that track- part, That part of it is that idea of um, spore yeah. you know, in Dutch, you know, S-P-O-O-R. And that yes, exactly. I, I'm, I'm aware that that made its way across to uh, South Africa with um, yeah. you know, yes. Afri Afrikaans. That became a you exactly. know that that was there, uh, but then it made its way into English by way of yes. um, of the Boers, you know, and yes. so it is exactly. an English word now too, you know, spore, yes. and it's the yes. focus of most people who fancy themselves as trackers is just being yeah. able to identify and follow this spore, and they think yeah. that the observational stuff is just about that track, but oh, it's, it's much, so more. much more, much more, <laughs> much more, more than spore. Track, I I always said when, when you started tracking, and I, and I, let's, let's, if I go into the field, of course, the first thing you, you, you do is, is connect to your environment again. What I do is I, I start to, to, to zoom in on the landscape. I start to zoom in on the weather. But I, before that, I also know what the animals are doing. So um, I this, always say... This, this starts before you even lose, leave your house. Yes, exactly. You're putting your boots uh, on and deciding what to wear then you, yes. you have all that seasonal knowledge is ticking over yeah. and you you know what the conditions are the cycles the patterns before you even exactly. leave the house yeah so then and then and then you actually already know where you can expect them to be mm. um so uh for example if, if i want to go out and look for a deer um then i look at the season and then i know for example at the moment they have fawns uh, and I know where they're hiding because of the field, the conditions where they are, where there's a lot of food. Uh, so you know exactly where they should be. And then judging by the weather patterns outside, so I go outside and I look and I always say, if, 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 the, if the spider that we have here is a nut in its web and it's just in the side hiding, then you know you should bring also your rain clothes with you because it's gonna rain. Uh, if you see the ants running around, uh, you know for one thing for sure that's warm enough. Uh, so that will be something else, but also the animals anticipate on that. So if, if you can expect, because of the insects that tell me something about the rain, then mm. I also know that the deer, for example, are going to be somewhere else. If I see the, 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 the midgets are hiding underneath the trees in my garden, and I know that there's going to be rain, otherwise it would be That's it. much more in the, in the open. The pattern, it's reading the pattern breakers yes. as yes. much as reading the pattern. Because anybody could, I mean, and, and sort of this, um, the, the modern mind is always looking for a mechanical pattern that will repeat and that they can follow and they're making predictions based on that. And they're often disappointed because, you know, it's not just groups of people that, that behave irrationally, it's the universe is irrational. <laughs> there are pattern yes. breakers that yes. make things happen, that, that makes uh, creation, you know, yes. keep reforming and mutating into different shapes. So you have to follow those. You know, yes. so I mean, I, I recently, you know, th there's not much in Melbourne, but I was recently out where there's a remnant strip of bush, bushland, you know, near an oval. And I, I you know, I went there for a daughter-in-law playing soccer. 
And yeah. I kind of wandered off into that strip of bush and I'm there straight away, you know, my, <laughs> my soccer dad goggles come off and suddenly, um, <laughs> you know, I'm in the bush and I'm, I'm looking around and a thousand signs I'm seeing, you know, but then I'm looking, you know, there's mistletoe growing in that tree there. And then I'm looking around at the grass, seeing yeah. what that's doing. I'm seeing where it's flattened, how much dew there is. And I'm make, there's all this calculus going on of seasonal knowledge. And I'm seeing that's flattened there. And then I'm seeing that, yeah. uh, that, that feces there and I'm like oh yeah all right so that means that those kangaroos were here this morning you know yeah. early they come to eat all the grass on the soccer field and then they come yeah. and they lay down here for a while in this grass but then they've gone and then I look well where's the water and I see okay this is a valley goes down so it must go up all right it's, it'll yeah. go up to a ridge and that's where they'll be now and I look up there and I'm, I'm starting to think that's where they're going to be but then I have to think ah no there's a soccer game on Yes. That soccer game yeah. started about nine, eight thirty, nine o'clock. They started coming. So that would have inter disrupted their movements. So I think, ah, other days they, they go straight up there. But yeah. they must be down that way now. Uh, there where the water is and they'll be waiting, <laughs> waiting for the noise to stop so they can go up. Yeah, exactly. Have their sleep. Have their sleep wow, and, yeah. there. and then I'm thinking, ah, ah, yeah, that's where the, and, and then sure enough, that's where they were. You know, um, so you, you're reading all that sign, but yes. it's the pattern breakers that yeah. that's what you're really looking for, eh? Yeah, that's what I'm, that's exactly. It's the same thing. If I go out, um, for example, uh, tracking wolves, I've done that then now because they're now in the Netherlands. It's about the same thing. It's about, okay, people are there. So they've been walking down there. Uh, there's a lot of disturbance. There's disturbance. She's going to be probably over there. She's going to walk over that crossing. Uh, I've noticed that when they deposit the scat, they usually uh, take certain crossroads where there are, where it's an optimum of scent disperse. So mm. what I've noticed is that they place their scat somewhere where you have an optimum scent disperse, mm. which means that they'll probably go that way. And then there's a, a game path. And I see that there are uh, tracks of wild boar. I see that there are tracks of road deer. That will mean that she probably also checks that out. But I've learned that, for example, from tracking foxes. Because before the wolves were here, I used to track foxes. And what the foxes taught me, for example, is I remember that I was tracking a fox in the snow. Mm. And um, it walked <clears throat> very slowly, gently, observing. I could see in the tracks, looking left, looking right, keeping a nice snoer, uh, as we call it in Dutch, a typical term for that. So it was very nicely running. And or, or walking basically in, in, a, in a trot. That's basically what it ha was happening. And I saw that every time he just stopped, sniffed, stopped, sniffed, stopped, sniffed, about a certain amount of steps. And then I started to think, why are you doing this? So I started to lower myself into his position. And then I saw that there were those, those little tunnels basically in the vegetation, like, like game trails. Mm. And knowing that, uh, and knowing I also track with my dogs, so I also work with that because there's also an ancient skill that comes from, from the Netherlands, uh, amongst others. <clears throat> so I thought, let's get my stuff out. So I had some, some, some ash uh, in the pocket. So I just <laughs> made that. And I saw that the wind ash, was actually blowing. Ash, like, uh, not the ash wood. Uh, but... It's like, it's like powder, you know, like if you can uh, look it like so that, so you can, can look, look at the from. wind direction. Yeah, yes. Yeah. yes. And I also lose magnesium powder because that's also something which is very stuffy. Mm, mm. So those two things I, I was, and what I did was I checked it out and I saw that there was a, a wind current actually coming from all of these places. Mm. What the fox was doing was checking out the scent 
in the air, which comes from that place, which was logical because there you had these little game trails like the mice, the, 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 the rats, the, also the rabbits coming from that place. So then I started to look from that perspective. And with the knowledge that I had from my dogs who were also working scent, I started to, to incorporate that within the tracking. Hmm. What you then see is that when the fox lays down about a, a, at a certain corner um, in a tree, he always, at least what I found out, is he always does that in a perfect place to, find, to catch the scent. So he can lie down, he can sleep, and he keeps his nose open, but he continuously is monitoring the area with his nose. Hmm. Knowing that taught me to, if I go into the landscape without even approaching the fox, those are the spots that I have to look for because the scent will move like that in the landscape so I can expect mm. them over there. And then I can move without getting my scent dispersed in the area mm. so that I can see the fox. Mm. Um, and that's something, of course, that was done in, in the past also, but by observing in your own area, you learn much more. Because what I also saw was, for example, if you observe your areas, that rhodia in place, which is called Flevoland, eats different vegetation than what they do here. Although mm. both types of vegetation are there, both, both areas. But yeah. One, the culture there among those, those, those deer, uh, um, they, they really like, for example, uh, bramble. And the other ones, they really like uh, another kind of vegetation. Mm. Knowing that means that if, if I know the place where I'm at, then I also know where to expect. So yeah. for me, that's also always checking specific place yeah but and also you can't get into a routine you. too much can yes. you because all no, of a sudden something happens like the wolves get reintroduced there yes. and then everything changes with the deer changes again yeah. and then you have to learn that part and that's and that's what i love because um every time you're out in the field um all your senses are there um and every time it's different never the mm. same mm. and always and you always you see different things if i last time i was there and i saw a scat and i thought oh that scat is lying right here. I can hardly imagine that that animal came from that plate. Mm. Where, where did he get? It was, it was a martyr. And I thought, where did he get? And it was a female. I could see that because it was the scat was there and it was a, a puddle of, of urine was in front of that. Well, it was a male, sorry. Uh, it was in front of that. So I could see there was a male marking also. And I think, where did you eat this? Because I couldn't find the, 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 the seeds. So I started to look around in the area and then you find the tree where the, 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 the seeds were, uh, where the fruits were that he had been eating. So the seeds were there. And then the next day I just sat next to the tree and I saw him coming up, walking and go by. So that's, that's the basic pattern of thinking that you want mm. to, to have. Mm. But it also, for me, it also translates for, for example, tracking birds. Yeah. Uh, I, I remember once that somebody told me uh, that, that, for example, my grandfather tossed a feather into the water to see how the water is is moving um mm. which taught him also where to fish that's tracking mm. for me but also you can see if you're downwind you'll find within a you can see if you've got a lot of water um so if you see that for example down downwind i find all these different feathers and i can already see which kind of birds are there because they're there i can also see how long ago they're there because of the the wax and and the, and, and the oil layer on it that degrades in time so it also um, um, as soon as, as more, the, the more of the oil is, is rubbing off, the feather is slowly sinking and who hovering actually within a certain amount. As you can tell, how much time has been gone 
before you could see so that you know where the, where the bird was at that time. Mm. Uh, but also you could use that knowledge to fish. Because if you toss that feather into the water, you can see the undercurrent. That's and it. then you know where to fish. So for me, all these things are, are, are together. It's the one. same as the currents in the air you were talking about before with the fox. Yeah. You're always looking for that, that space between the opposites. That, yeah. So hot and cold in the air, hot yes. and cold in the water. Yeah. Yeah. You know, high ground and low ground, you know, wet and dry, yes. you know, yes. uh, red soil and black soil here. We, we look in those places in between, you know, et cetera, et cetera. It's, it's where one thing gives way to another. Yes. There's one dominant species of tree. You might have like, I don't know what you've got, walnut, hazel, <laughs> you know, is the dominant parent species. Hazel, hazel is <laughs> And then <Yeah>. uh, <laughs> it goes across. I keep like, um, I, I think I've talked about, I've talked about you like 10 times lately in interviews. <laughs> and like, oh. I keep doing this impression of, <laughs> of you like yeah, talking about the hazel. <laughs> yeah, hazel. Hazel is something yeah, yeah. which is very special. It's just, yeah. that's how I, I just love that. That's how our last yarn started out. So what have you been doing today? And it's like, oh yes, I went out to cut the hazel and uh, I was looking and the sap was running because I saw the, <laughs> you know, yeah. and I was like, hey, that's, you know, that's how it is. Um, it's just like talking to an uncle or something. Yeah, yeah, you know, it's it's the same thing, you know. Ah, the, the red flowers. Yeah, red flowers, boy, coming on that milkwood tree there. The yeah. oyster's yeah. fat today. We're going to go down there with the beach and, you know, go to oyster reef and have a feed there. You know, it, it's that same. It's the same yeah. thing. You know? uh, beautiful. The funny thing is, even when I'm driving a car, I can't stop doing it. I remember one day that I was driving on the highway a couple of years back. A lot of years back, actually, uh, and I was driving on the highway, and I saw from my from the corner of my eye, I saw a coloration and a piece of fur. It mm. was like nothing, but we were driving like a hundred kilometers an hour more. But it didn't it didn't let me go. So what I did was I, I turned the car at the next corner, drove back, of course missed the spot, then again drove back, found the spot, stepped out of the car, and I found this piece of a tail of pine marten, which wasn't there, uh, uh, which which in, in my knowledge. And in the knowledge of, of the, the people living there, there shouldn't be any pine marten. But what I found was just a little tail. So I picked it up and, I, and a little bit further, I could see a little bit of skin. So I knew it was hit by a car and probably eaten. But the fact that I was driving a 100 kilometers an hour and still tracking, that, that was like an eye opener for me that you never shut it off. You're always looking. You're always checking. If I'm, if I, if I'm walking around, I know where the birds are. I listen to yeah. the birds. I know where the song posts are. Um, I see, the, I see the, the butterflies fly and I see how the wind moves them around. I see the ripples in the water underneath a certain tree, which says that to me that there's a difference in, 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 in the microclimate, mm. which tells me something about what I can expect there. Mm. And that's, con that's continuously going on. Um, and I even yeah. remember that, 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 that when I was teaching once, I was 20 years back or something like that, I was teaching uh, uh, in the school. Uh, kids were like the age of 12, so secondary school. And I had the windows open and I was teaching. Mm. I was teaching biology, of course. <laughs> and then I heard outside, I heard a uh, robin scream and I heard also a wren screaming. And I just casually walked to the side, still teaching, and I looked out and I saw that I was popping up. So, like, certain height. And I knew already, oh, wow, that's, that's going to be something like a mark coming down. Mm. I told the kids, come on, look, look out the window, because something is going to cross the road. And there was a, a bicycle road there. There was a marshy area behind the school. It was a bicycle road. <laughs> the 
kids came to the side and they were like, yeah, right. Let's look at the birds. Let's see how they behave. And then they saw for the, lots of them for the first time, they saw the little, <laughs> the little guy crossing the road. That, that was like, wow, how is that possible? And that was something that they didn't expect. So the relation between the birds walking, uh, the walking of the, that wasn't the ermine, it's a weasel. It was a weasel, a least weasel. I think it's called in English. I was crossing and crossing by the road and then up going into the cover again where the birds just relaxed after that. So that's like like getting uh, uh, see them also the patterns around the landscape and you can and I continuously do that when I'm around walking <clears throat> and that's exactly the same what you do with other things in, in, in when you're outside um, as I said looking for for materials that that grow up in time etc so you're continuously monitoring and that that thing with the classroom these kids were like huh. How did you know you were teaching? You didn't even look out of the window. Well, I did, hardly. <laughs> but if you, 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 hear, you hear them and they were surprised and they were in awe, um, which I love because then I could take them out and I could do the same with them once in a while. Mm. And these things are also there because, of course, what I, what I see is, for example, from out of the States, things from out of the States, uh, you have those, 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 the, the bird language system. And what you see is that the same thing is, is all over the world. And also in the Netherlands, we had that different species. And it's also written down in ancient manuscripts that people listened to them in certain ways and used that. Um, so that's quite interesting to, to see these things and to, 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 well, to use them also. Yeah. And the same thing with tracking, because in tracking, we, we have those different words. Huh? We have sporzoeken, which is identifying the, 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 the track, basically. Yeah. And then identifying the animal. And the second thing is, is reading spore laser, which is actually reading the spore, trying mm. to figure out uh, what happened. Is, is it walking slowly? Is it, is it changing? Is it doing this, that? So reading is interpreting the tracks and what the animal has been doing. Uh, that's spore laser. And then you have in the language spore volger, which is actually really um, tracking the animal until you see it. And that's, that's the last part of, of, of the system. And that's yeah. the one that I like the most because then you have to incorporate all your knowledge of the landscape because otherwise you won't see it. Most people that's just it. see it here jumping off and you need both to, 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 to get that. Mm. And what I like is that there is a lot of things that are, for example, the, 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 the old gamekeeper that I talked to, what he always did, he was giving the last bite uh, to the animal that he, that he shot. Uh, which goes back, I think, until the Stone Age, where you have reference for the animal, and uh, there are certain plants connected to that. And if I if I look at that, and then I then I see that there's still this traditional ecological knowledge within yeah. the Netherlands, within Europe, and the same thing applies to beekeeping. If you have the traditional beekeeper, which are almost gone, because now you have, I always say, the industrial beekeepers, because they're just changing everything. But if you have the normal beekeeping with skeps or the tree beekeeping. There's, there's this ecological knowledge, which is 100%. You can track a bee in the air, and then you can learn where the, the hive is, but it can also teach you something about, the, the, the for example, if you see a lot of uh, bees going to an oak tree, you know that honeydew is there. Mm. You know that honeydew is there. You know that the red ant is there. Yeah. And you know also that the red ant is, etc. Well, it's most people would go, oh, what, tracking a bee? You know, but yeah. Yeah. 
so have you got any have you got are there stories like traditional story that have uh like ancestors tracking bees because what i know is that that's for the the big uh, Bayami story, a lot of that song line is him tracking, uh, him tracking a bee. And I know the that, that what bee they behaving did was... strangely. So then he knows that something's gone wrong back at camp and he has to double back, you know? Yeah. Wow. That's even further. Mm. But I, what I know of is that in the past that what they did was when beehives were stolen, etc., then they were tracking those people and they were tracking those, those, those <clears> also <throat> tracking the, the swarms of bees. Uh, uh, because of because you can catch them again, and then you have you have them for your own hockey production. Yeah, uh, that's what that's what that's what happening. But also what they were doing in the past here was looking at bees and see how high or how low they fly because of the water. If you get the water carriers within the family of bees, that's it. Then you see that they, if they're flying lower, then they're filled with water, mm. <laughs> so you know where the water is. Yeah. Um, so those things are there. Um, and but I you think you always have to look for the you have to look for the water. Yeah. A lot of people don't think of that, that the bees need to drink, but that they got to take a lot of liters back, you know, every yes. day. Like, um, you know, it takes a lot of water to run a hive. And they're always after that water more even than um, the pollen, you know? Yes. Yeah. yeah. And that's, uh, and yeah, it's got to be the right season. And, and it's, you know, it's all about, it's, it's all about harvesting in the right time too, you know? So yes. we'll be looking back up home for when the grass is flat. When that wind has come in and the grass has gone flat and dry and it's dropped its seeds and it's in you walk easy through the grass then you know um and you, you know, before anything's burnt off you know before the burning happens and so you're looking for but you've got to get at the right time of day to have that certain angle of the sunlight and you um you look for the streaks you see them as streaks of light and then you yes. find the hive that way um but you can also track a bee like if you can catch one you know, you just, you put a little bit of um, white powder on the bee so you can see it. <laughs> or you might you follow a tiny <laughs> feather to it and then you follow it that way, yeah. I know that the old beekeepers, what they did was when they wanted to find a, a hive in the forest that they actually had those little boxes where they caught one in and then they marked mm. them also and then they looked where they were going, which direction they were going and then they walked further up, they caught another one, marked yeah. it and, and then they started doing that until they, they were in a... In, of course, catching more and more. Yeah. And then, and then they knew the lines, and then they, of course they knew the landscape, and then they would find the hive. Yeah. Uh, for example, um, it's, do you, so do you that, find that, it's all of this is a, a is this transferable skill set like across the yes. different things? So like um, think, you know, uh, so a while back, you know, we're looking at oh maybe we should buy some cryptocurrency, <laughs> yeah. you know, and then we're looking, and then um, it's like oh we better be quick. Elon Elon's just tweeted about bitcoin yes. so that'll go up and i'm like well ah well let's just look at the history of that we, if, of yeah. you know people like manipulating stock prices and stuff like that it's like well if you had your finger on that magic button like elon where you could just tweet something and then increase the value by 10 20 percent overnight yeah. then what's the next thing you're going to do <laughs> uh, yeah you know yeah. what I mean? If you bought it's a heap while it's low and, and you've got the power to just tweet something yeah. and make it go higher or lower, and it's like, well, it's not going to be long, eh? Before <laughs> he brings it down again. And and sure enough, it wasn't long before he, he goes, yeah, no, Bitcoin's like uh, environmentally no good. I'm like, yeah, I don't think it's uh, an ethical investment. I'm pulling out. And then <laughs> the, yeah. the price went down. And it's like, all right. <laughs> and then it's like, well, buy now, buy now. It's like, well, He'll probably do it again. 
yeah. or, you know, or someone will. So sure. let's just watch and see how that comes out first. You know, yeah. so you like, uh, you know, it is kind of transferable. Yeah, I agree. Mm, to and other I think things, that's because it's like reintroducing the wolves yeah. <laughs> to yeah, where the deer are, and and it's like changes how, everything how they move, and you got to watch for a while. Yeah, it, it, it changes, and it's also uh, what I what I think, and that's something I, I spoke last last time with my students about, is if you look at us as a species, mm. I always say, we, if you look at Europe, in the Stone Age, um, there is evidence that we were actually changing our environment, but we were changing it in such a way that um, a lot of other species also had a, had, a, had, a, had, a, had, a, had a way with it, so that there was something which was more or less in balance between brackets, because balance is always the thing. Yeah. Um, but it was the hazel that they took. You could see evidence that they took the hazel, and the hazel was what they used. And my grandfather had a had a fishing pole of hazel, four meters. Mm. Mm. He was fishing on pike with horsehair uh, uh, line and then a live bait on it, and he was fishing on pike, and that was eaten. But that was something which was remnant from the past because hazel was used in the Stone Age a lot. But then you saw that they also changed by burning. They had uh, hydra coming up for the for the red deer, so they changed the landscape, but in such a way. That it still was knit. I think we as a species, if you look further up the road, then you see that that they start mm. to make hatches with 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 um, uh, flumeberries and and all these these different uh, things that you could need. So griefbosjes in Dutch yeah. were, were made. Um, and what you see is that people still had that. I always say, like a beaver. Mm. A beaver is an ecosystem engineer. It changes the landscape for the good, mm. basically. Well, agriculture gets a bad a bad rap. Yeah, but I think because I, I think for a lot of people, how they did their agriculture, like when New Guinea was doing it before anyone else, yeah. you know, and, yeah. and, and it's about it's about, um, you know, just changing, you know, shifting your custodial role in the environment and you know yes. rearranging things, but still so yes. it's in a, a permanent system. Yeah. And I think what you're describing sounds more like that. But I mean, yes, you know, everybody assumes that this monocrop factory farming now that that was like day one agriculture, they started yeah. like that way. And uh, they only look at the activities of the powerful in feudal systems, yes. you know, rather than actually looking at the folk agriculture yep. that's sort of yes. dominated the European environment for yes. so many centuries, so millennia, yes. you know? Yeah, yeah. Yep, exactly. Millennia. Yeah, exactly. You know? It is what you see. And it's something that I, if I look, Three generations back, uh, you saw that the landscape was full of hedges, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. A lot of bird life, and, and there was an ecological balance. And we were the ecological engineers, actually, mm. of that system. And then, mm. before that, even I think it started with the Romans, of course. The Ro <laughs> always the Romans. The Romans, <laughs> but they, they was they, they they started with the big agricultural plantages, uh, plant, uh, and then they started to do that. That yep. gave a little bit of a twist. And then what you get is after, let's say, probably I think it's after the world wars that you saw that the big industrial wave of going on went on and on and on and on. And then it went off in the big, big monocultures. Yeah, that's it. That's it. And that, I mean, yeah. I mean, there was the what, machinery of empire with Rome, you know, yes. and, and there were plenty of those in the world, you know, but they sort of rose and fell, rose and fell, boom and bust. You know, um, but the actual the industrialization of, of the you know that that came with this invention of nationhood, yeah. and that was only yeah. very recently. You know, I think it was the yes. Prussians that um, really mastered yeah, that, and the and the blueprint for that went throughout the world. Yeah. You know, yeah. um, which pretty much changed people dramatically. 
But yeah. people don't realize how recent that was. And that only a century ago, you know, yeah. most people were still living on the land. Yeah. And that for quite a bit of overlap over this last century, there was still a lot of people living that lifestyle and maintaining those groves and places and, yeah. you, know, um, you know, all of these things. And so you have people who, within living memory, you know, old people yes. there who have that old ways yeah. knowledge and you've been yes. talking to them and, yes. you know, and inheriting that and expanding that. And yeah. For me, that's, that's one of the things that I, 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 if, if the term that came up in science was traditional ecological knowledge. And when I started years back just to figure out where, where, where is this still? Because they said, nah, in Europe, it's not there. I was going, not there. I know old beekeepers who knew exactly when to harvest certain roots that they used yeah. to bind their stuff. I thought it's, it is here, you know. That's it. So I went to them. I started to learn from them. I started to learn how to use the honey, for example, uh, to and and I also started as medicinal purposes, but also I started to use the the, the material, the wax for for things that were used to to coat them, to waterproof them. Uh, and then I started to look around, and I saw, okay, you have these ancient in brackets uh, uses of hunting systems. How that that went on? Okay, so this this is what they did, and this is what they looked after. Then I looked mm. at what we call eendekooien, um, uh, which we have in, in the Netherlands. And eendekooien, what they do is they, they created areas where the ducks come in, and that was used for for harvesting, of course. But it was a, a big system behind that, a big knowledge system behind that about the ducks, the reproductive signals of the ducks, the way the ducks work. And if you look at ducks, there's founding evidence that in the Stone Age, there was a meal which was uh, hazelnuts with ducks, with ducks, which was mm. quite a good meal, actually. Um, so then you see that it continues. If you look at those patterns, you see that from the past, it is still here. Yeah. It is, it's, these people are still doing it. The people who were uh, working with the sheep are still doing it. Uh, the way we use our dogs, um, the, 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 the tracking skills of the dogs, that is ancient in, in, in Europe. Uh, horses, we use them for a lot of things. The, the, I remember, for example, a very simple thing. If you look at the past, uh, I'm making a, a pen. And a pen is, is recent. I mean, it's like uh, 1700, I think, or something like that. Or making uh, a brush. Brushes are going back in the Stone Age. And then there was a hollow bone, and they put something in it, and that's your brush. What you now see around 1700, and I've been, I've been learning that a little bit, is that we use a lot more. We use the feathers, and then we use the shaft of the feather. We cut that part out. And we use different kinds of hair of different kinds of species with different qualities. We put that in. We use horse hair for example to bind it we use bee wax to 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 coat it and we had uh, a certain flexible pieces of wood putting in um and we use minerals and we created that to to, to make our own uh paint yes which means that only a, a hundred years ago when you started painting you had to have knowledge because you had to have knowledge about the different species how the hairs were used to make different kinds of, of painting you had to have knowledge about um, uh, the, the, the different shafts or the different feathers, of the different birds that were used. Mm. Uh, that's something that you needed to know. You needed to know when to, to, to collect, for example, if you wanted to use inked, you use the shells of walnuts, which are black, and then you cook them and then you use them. That was your inked. That's uh, it. So there was this, this, this entire connection uh, with, for me, for example, painting was, was like you connect everything together. You have the wildlife, you have your, your birds, you need to know because certain feathers of certain birds were used to paint with. Uh, so you have all these different things coming together in one. And that's, and that's something that's still there, that knowledge. 
it's still to be found, it's still useful. And if you make your own paintbrush, which I've done, it connects you again to your history. It connects you again to your landscape, you know? So, yeah. Well, I'm, I'm using the same logics right now in my parenting skills. <laughs> I saw I'm keeping an eye on my little son there. Yeah. Crap, you still there? That's good. Yeah, still there. I'm still here. I'm still here. All right. Yeah, keeping an eye on my little son. And, um, you know, and I put his favorite show on. But then he disappeared. <laughs> and I'm thinking, oh, where is he? He's right there. And so I'm looking around while you're telling the story. And I'm thinking, ah, well, he, he'll still be watching his show because he never looks away from that. Yeah. But he must be in the corner. And I know that when he goes in the corner, he sort of backs his way in there, and that's when he uh, that's when he, that's he does when his caca. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, that's behavioral. Yeah, that's, that's it's, better. It's sunset now, and this time of year around sunset, that's about the time. It's about the time when he has his big afternoon <laughs> <laughs> poop. So uh, so then I'm <laughs> sniffing the air. <laughs> yes, it's exactly the same. There's no difference. Okay, no, I'm sniffing the air and I'm going, is that yep, that's cucka there. So then I gotta figure out, ah, oh, you know, how am I gonna move this computer around? Because oh, I'm just gonna have to kids on my own right now. So anyway, I'm changing the yeah. tap. But then I know I can't take him into the changing table because uh because that uh the computer's got to be close to the modem or I can't get a signal. So I can't take him there. So I got to improvise and I got to take him somewhere else to change it. <laughs> yeah. So it works. It, it's, uh, it works. I don't know. These are transferable skills. Yes. You know, oh, yes that, uh, that unpaid labor of, of child rearing and, 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 you know, keeping that house, you know, yeah. yeah. <laughs> People think that's that's sort of lesser work or doesn't require very much thought, but I think a lot of men must be discovering over COVID that uh, <laughs> that's no picnic. <laughs> it's hard work. <laughs> that's it. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, I'm glad I have tracking yeah. skills. Otherwise, yeah. there would be uh, a big mess in my house right now. <laughs> <laughs> I just caught it just in time. Hey. Oh, perfect. <laughs> yeah. So that's me explaining housework to the world. Yeah. <laughs> they always say that 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 uh, your wife uh, can track you the best. <laughs> oh, that's it. Oh, she got mad tracking skills. She knows what I'm going to do before I do it. Exactly. <laughs> She's already angry, and I'm like, what? What did I do? It's not what you did. It's what you're gonna do. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, no, talking about patterns. <laughs> that's it. That's cool. So do you find in your teaching work, yeah, um, all of your traditional ecological knowledge, you know, these are processes, you know, not just content, you know, so do you find that it's, um, that, that it affects and shapes your pedagogy, like your teaching yeah. method as well? Yeah. Yeah, it does. Um, 
what I've, what I've, what I'm doing now with the group that I'm teaching, because I'm, I've created an associate degree, uh, bushcraft, uh, with the, the name is, is, is not, not the best thing to do, but what I'm doing there is trying to get that, the, the, the way of thinking across, um, which means that I'm trying to get them to look at the entire picture, but also yeah. further than that. And sometimes I even do the strangest things because I, I remember, uh, for example, yesterday they were uh, they were working with wool, and then I said for the so I said okay, it's perfect. Uh, but what what has wool got to do with paper, for example? Yeah, and they looked at me. Wool paper? Yeah, you can use the scat of sheep to make paper. <laughs> so that's a completely different way of thinking. So what I want them to do is to to look at those relations that are there. We were sitting there, and then I saw that there was a a a um, blackbird sitting on top singing and he changed went over there started singing there started singing there started singing there so i could exactly monitor what was what was his home you know and during the teaching at, at a certain moment i asked who has noticed this bird this bird this bird this bird and they go oh. like, right uh yeah i've seen this one that one but but have you seen what they were telling us when we were teaching it? And have you seen what happened when we were working on the skills? Because there were skills with making wool um, uh, ropes. I said, have you seen when we were working on the skills, what happened? That everything started to close in again because of the, of the piece that we created. Because we were focused. We were working on the focusing. So we were focusing in, and then you saw that nature around us, which was still there, and we are part of it. And then you see that because we are more relaxed, they come in. Um, that's something I continuously strive at, but I also want them to, to see beyond that. I, I always say, if you look at a tree, what does it tell you about a person? Because it can tell you something about a person. Uh, if you look at the root systems and how it connects the mushrooms uh, when they are harvested, why do you harvest them at that moment? What does that transfer into if you look at, for example, management, how they work? Are they, are they knowledgeable enough to know these root systems and when the mushrooms will come up or not mm. that you can harvest? And how can you facilitate that? And That's then it. you look at that, that, that system in, within nature and then you change that into the management system. Yeah. Um, for me, it's logical. And, and I sometimes, it's, it's like, you, you, I sometimes think, okay, I have to translate that. To, and then, because it's people who are trained in, in this deductive way of thinking yeah. are really going like this. And then they go like, huh? <laughs> yeah. uh, what are you talking about? So I have to take them and I have to do it slowly. Uh, and then what I see now is that they're, because I've, I've been doing it now for one year, and now we are at, at the end of this, this school year, and I see that they are now going like, wow, wait, wait a second, I understand this, I see this pattern, I see that, oh, wait a second, if I do this, then I can, oh, wow, you know, and now it's starting to become alive for them. Um, and they are also changing, because um, teaching was for me like the different ways of teaching, the, the, the modern Western way of teaching is you just explain. Mm me that's not teaching that's just giving an opinion and that's trying to get the opinion across and you don't learn from the inside out uh, I'm, I'm just putting things in the outside in and i'm not yeah. sure what you're learning uh and then what i for example yesterday i said if you look at this for you this might be a perfect way of doing it but for another person who has a, a not the right hands for it there's another way of perfectly doing it but you need to find find that out by yourself and it's yeah. not like i can give you the template no if you know What's behind it, then you can work it out. And that's something even transferable to if you harvest uh, materials for your baskets, if you harvest willow or if you uh, hazel. Um, that's it. If you know 
why you're harvesting these, these things and, and what, the, what, the, what the components are and how it works. And you can transfer that to other plants that you've maybe never seen. If you look at it and you think, ah, wait a second, same kind of thing. Does it work like that? Yeah, perfect. I can use it. Done. Yeah. So that's, that's what that's I try mad, to So you, you can see a pedagogy like uh, coming out of there. Like yep. you see, you're bringing in all that um, interspecies communication yeah. and that, the reading yes. of the landscape, yep. you know, coming in. But like I said, all those things are transferable. Yeah. You know, so there's yeah, so much, um, you know, for me, you know, even if you're writing an essay, you know, or a, a research paper or something, you know, when you're doing the, your literature review, there's a lot of that you can, you know, move your way through the, the landscape of uh, all the literature. You know, in such a way yep. that you're finding those things and the connections with things, and and then you're exactly. talking to different authors and different researchers and making those connections. You know, in the same way, and you're weaving your way through that literature yeah. review in a way that it, it comes out in a a logic sequence that's really unique yeah. to um you know the message that you're getting across too. Yeah. I agree. I agree totally. Yes, the same thing. I I I remember that I always if you look at the, there's so much research which is not connected. Because it's it's like dots, and all these dots have a, have a, have a reference. Uh, I work with dogs also for detection of illegal wildlife uh, yep. trade. Yeah. Um, but I I immediately saw that if, if you know biology and if you know these animals, you know that for example the skin of certain animals has a certain wax layer, and that wax layer from certain insects, the particulum of certain in insects, you can find that um, within other species, and there's a general line in it. So if you use that as a scent profile. And you yes. learn the dog to yes. track all these different animals. That's something that 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 you can. There is this information is there. You only have to connect the dots, mm. and then you get something which is worthwhile. For me, that's the same way of thinking. It's the same way of, of looking and checking, yeah. making these connections. And then people say, "Ah, oh, no, that's 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 all. That's oh, wow." And I said, "But it's 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 nothing new. It's there. Yeah. You know, it's just connecting it. It's the way of thinking that makes it." That's it. Well, in, in the academy that, you know, th this is such a, an amazing, you know, holistic thinking skill that can be applied anywhere. But in the academy, yeah. I sort of almost ask you to leave that at the door. Like, that's the field work. You can go yeah. native <laughs> out <laughs> in the field yeah. or you can be native out in the field. Yeah. But, you know, that that logic stays there because that's subjective. Yeah. And here you've got to come in and be empirical and then turn everything that you collected out there into data and then analyze it this way. But um, why, why would you employ like an inferior, um, you know, thinking model, um, yeah. you know, when you've just been doing something that is so complex yes. and, and so perfect, you know? Yes. Yeah. There was something I said, because I, I did, I did uh, it was a, a research what I went into. And then I thought, oh, this is, it's, Doing a PhD is almost like it's it's too simple because it's so complex what you have around it. it sounds strange, but what I meant was that you're focusing so deeply into it that all the other facets, which are much more important, which are also should be connected with it, are being forgotten. And and then, yeah. then you then you have the single vision way of thinking, and you have to do this and this and this. And that's that's what our educational system now is at. Like you have to do it within this framework because then it's correct. But why? why? <laughs> uh, there, are, there are different ways of, of, of proving things and connecting things which are not maybe within that direction, but are going this way. 
And well, you see people all the time innovating new methodologies as yeah. the pol political landscape changes, as the theoretical landscape changes, you know. So, of course, there has to be space in there for you to innovate methodologies that are, you know, indigenous or you yes. know, um, yeah. land based, all that sort of thing. That we're seeing yeah. we're seeing a lot of that. Even in Australia, we're seeing non-Indigenous people who are doing things like, for example, um, uh, making the land itself a co-author of the paper, yeah, naming that. naming I the land, yeah. naming the landscape as a as a lead author on the project. You know? yeah. yeah, I love that. Yeah. Same thing that so, I saw that some somebody used uh, the animals that were that were co-authors in an article, and I thought, yeah, wow. I mean, that's mad. If, well, if you, you know animals, you, and Beaver, you know that they're knowledgeable. <laughs> you and Beaver are going to have to write a paper soon. That, that sounds like a good idea. Yeah, <laughs> sounds I, like a good idea. I would want to read that. <laughs> it would be a good idea. <laughs> you often come back to those beavers. Yes, because I, I think they're a beaver is something like, when I see them and when I track them and when I trail them, I see that they are really changing the landscape. But they're doing it, uh, for example, European beaver sometimes makes a dam and sometimes it doesn't. Why is that? And there's a reason for it. Sometimes it's needed, sometimes it's not needed. But, but by doing that, it changes the landscapes in such a way that actually the, 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 the environment itself flourishes. And because we're living in a water area, because we're living in, 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 in the Netherlands, is of course a soaking place. <laughs> um, for me, that, that animal is, is like a water management system that was, that was something that we used probably even as a metaphor for making dikes, you know, the dikes. That's it's it. Beaver. It's gonna, it's gonna make a dike. So yeah, that that animal has, has so much has to be you... the spirit of that place where exactly yeah. So for me, that was something which is like, oh wow, man, this animal is is is, and if you look back and you look at at, at finds, uh, archaeological finds, you see that beaver was something which was also a lot used. And if you look at that the data, you see that they are uh, when they were harvesting, probably in the Stone Age, for example. Mm. They, they, they really harvest it in a way that they sustain the population. Well, I've heard so you talk if about... If it's a young animal, they push it back. If it's got an old animal, it, it was killed and eaten. That's the it. young ones were there. And that's something that you can find in, in, in the archaeological findings of, of those digs in those places where our ancestors were sitting. Well, I've heard you talk about um, coppicing. Yes, um, yes. Being at be beaver sort of tooth height yes. or something yep. like this. So the idea yes. that, that humans learned that from beavers. I really think yeah, so because if you look, I don't really know what coppicing is though. So this time coppicing is, is like um, <laughs> uh, if if you want to change. Uh, now let's say if I want to harvest a lot of, of material for my baskets that I want to make, what you then do is you you you, you use let's say a, a hazel or a willow and you cut it off about a certain height in a certain way. You cut it off in a certain way so that it has no so it can't rot. But from that stem you get new shoots, and those new shoots are the ones that you want to use. For for your 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 uh, your skills for your uh, what do you call it uh, your crafts. Um, so what you do with coppicing is that it's 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 based upon you placing it in a low uh, in a certain angle at a certain height so that you get an optimum growth for the the right shoots. And some shoots that you need are are one year old. For example, some baskets you need one year old. For other materials, it needs to be five years old. At the moment, I'm in my garden. I'm raising a a fishing pole <laughs> literally from a hazel. And it needs to be four or five meters straight and a certain thickness. So I've, I've planted a, 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 a hazel tree on, on, under an oak tree. And within a certain way, it will, and I know, and it does, 
it will grow straight up. And then I need to wait four or five years. And I have my beautiful fishing pole that my grandfather also had, and I'm going to fish with it. Uh, that's the idea behind it. But then you have to uh, manage by, by cutting the, the tree at a certain height, and then you get this growth that you can use. So coppicing is something which is really old. And we have the Grinden in Dutch, where uh, for, there are still a few left because of that. But most of them are abandoned, of course. Where we did that because we harvested a lot of those willows because we were experts in the Netherlands, for example, in willow making baskets, basket making from willows, and we did that a lot. Um, so that that's something that is that has been done. I think I, I even would say from the beginning of time, mm. actually. Wow. Um, I, I keep listening to your story. I listen to story a lot from you about hazel and also about beaver. Yeah. And sometimes those come together and it makes me yeah. wonder if there isn't like an ecosystemic pair with those two, but also potentially a totemic pair, um, a relation happening there that's, um, <laughs> that's interesting. To I mean, how else do they come together in the law? Yeah. Well, I think, I, think, I think our ancestors, my ancestors, they, they looked at beaver because they hunted beaver and why did they bring hazel for example why did they use willow because those are the trees that are shooting up like then if i go into the field and if i look now and if i go to the estuaries where the beavers are actually well, it's not usually but well, what areas where they are and i see how they uh, fell trees and what stumps are there and what grows up and i immediately see that's what that, that, that's what i use when i make a basket same thing but that would mean for me that that's exactly the same thing, which is, which is, is I, they looked at it, they knew it, they made the dots, they connected it, and then they started to do it. I mean, animals were our teachers from the beginning of time. They taught us a lot of skills, in my opinion. Yeah, that's, um, you know, I mean, you, you see that a lot, like a, a, a lot of story about, for example, wolves, wolves teaching people how to be people you know things like this and we, we do have almost that sense of animals being ancestors you know which what i like I mean, science would back that because we're all coming down from the same organism you know, a trillion years ago exactly. or whatever <laughs> yeah exactly. what about it for example with wolves and men the way we we, we started to domesticate dogs <clears throat> i'm a tracker i officially track and I've, I've been working a lot with dogs and i've, I've specialized myself also in that with, with scent work with dogs and what you see is that a dog's way of using, uh, if it loses a track, central, the way it casts around, the way it checks things is exactly the way we humans go around when we're looking for sign and track. That's something that, that was like, wow, eye opener. They're doing the same mm. that we're doing. And he's teaching me, he lost scent. All right, now he's teaching me where to look for the scent. Hey, that's a pattern how he does it. Last time I lost a track and I thought I couldn't, 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 you know, where is it? Gotta find it somehow. <laughs> well, I started to apply that, that the way that my dog checked certain corners and it, and it was less, in my opinion, it was less systematic than I thought of. But I started to doing it and I regained the track and I went off. I thought, look, we're learning from each other. There's no, there's, there's, it's, it's, it's so logical that we became a pair, humans and dogs. Because we're stronger together when we're out in the field. Yeah. It was kind of That's inevitable, all. that one. Yes. Um, it becomes it. a problem in cities, though. 
<laughs> relationship. <laughs> hey, brother man, I'm going to have to go because uh, i got to go Perfect. sort these bubs out now. And our hour is up. So, Already. Yeah, class, that's man. it. But that was, a, that was a good hour. There's a lot in that. And um, yeah, I think a, a, a lot of people will find, you know, patterns in there they can, you know, transfer across to many other things. And uh, people will see them in their own lives too, I think. Yeah, I knew that would be a good yarn. <laughs> I, had to do, I had to do that one with you. Well, thank you so Bye. much, Russ. Thank you too, man. Love yeah, it. we'll catch you again soon. And enjoy the evening. I have a day in front of me. 